Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. It's Wednesday night here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thank you all for joining. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell notification to get notified whenever we have new content available to you. Also, stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. And we got the full crew in here today. We got Chase Thornton at the top right, Adam LaRue at the bottom right, and Chris Dowhower right below me. How we doing, fellas? Getting by. Let's get this done. Let's do it. <laughs> Chase, the case of Wednesdays over there? Was that, you know, no, I, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk some football. I was at the doctor for an hour and a half yesterday. You know, I've talked to you yeah. about it. I've been sick forever. Don't hold it against me, but so I got to pop some medicine open here. But yeah, if uh, my computer... If my visual cuts out, it's because I'm doing some nasal maintenance, and none of you guys wants to see that and watch that. So, but let's, uh, you know, let's get it no, going. I think I think we do. Just like we <laughs> have to just disagree. Like, hold on, <laughs> disagree with that take. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, how are we doing today? I'm just wondering, can it be any worse than watching the Jets' offense this past week? I mean, <laughs> I think even Chase's. Uh, Booger snot could be more exciting. So, yeah, I'm, well, I'm doing okay. Excited did. to be here. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Um, no, it's like, so I'm excited to be here. Feeling a little underdressed. Don't have my jersey on. So, but <laughs> I know I got a polo on. We got two jerseys on the side here. And then Chris just shows up in a regular V-neck. Like, oh, well, I guess me. Yeah. Adam, how are we doing? You got the Colts jersey on. Yep, uh, two and one, top of the division. Feel pretty good. Didn't really expect it that start, um, but here we are. So let's just see where it takes us. Colts, Houston, everybody else. Yeah, (laughs) everybody else, just absolutely moronic. This is the NFL, folks. That's what it's all about. And today is our Operation Domination episode, which means we're going to be previewing everything fantasy football and betting-wise that we possibly can. I will have to say, the books, uh, they were a little bit slow on some of the player props. They don't have as many as I normally do, so we'll we'll get by with what we do. The Thursday night game is always full-packed of them, though. So why don't we just go ahead and just dive into that first match? (laughs) 
The Detroit Lions taking on the Green Bay Packers here. Lions going on the road. Divisional rivalry. We may get a sighting from Christian Watson. We may get a sighting from Aaron Jones. Uh, I think it's more of a long shot, but maybe David Montgomery here. Everybody listed as questionable, so make sure you are watching those injury reports as we go into the games tomorrow. Big stuff, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but right now, Detroit Lions, they are favored in this game at Minus one and a half. Uh, the over-under sitting here at 45. Now, I have a few stats here. There's no value in this game as far as betting on the lines go. Uh, Detroit is three and two as one and a half point favorites. Green Bay Packers are four and two as one and a half point underdogs. Uh, both these teams are kind of out of their element. Like Green Bay Packers are better at home. Detroit's not as good on the road, but Detroit looks like the better team. And the 45, that's that's about where these guys have been scoring right now. Detroit's defense has played a little bit better. Their offense hasn't put up as many points. I see no value here, so I'm out. I, I can't I can't bet on any of these lines. I'm Sorry, guys, I don't have anything good for you. Anybody have a tidbit there they want to throw in? No, no, stay away. Yeah, stay no. away from this one. There's be- there's better games that- to be choosing on this weekend. Yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not loving it. Uh, shout out to you, Javier Machado. What's good, guys? How are y'all doing? How are you doing today? Uh, okay, so we got up, we got Jared Goff, of course, Jordan Love Goff. Streaming quarterback, his though, this is where I do cash him tickets. I am cashing the under on Jared Goff here at 254 and a half passing yards. He's actually gone under that mark. Actually, I'm sorry, he's only gone over that mark twice on the road since 2022. So all about Jared Goff going on the under 254 and a half passing yards. So that's one bet I do like this week. Jordan Love. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Jordan Love. I'll get the Packer fan in here, of course. Now, I'm a little bit ahead of ECR. I got him at QB 16. I got him at 18. Basically, we have him in QB 2 streaming territory. But what's crazy to me is that through the first three weeks, Jordan Love is the QB 3 right now, despite having a 53% completion percentage, and he's still the 40th. If you want to get adjusted completion, you're like, oh, well, maybe it's the wide receivers. Maybe they're dropping things. No, no, no. He's 40th. He's the 40th quarterback. There's 32 teams and 32 starting quarterbacks, and he's the 40th quarterback in just the completion percentage. So it is on him, 100%. And yet, he's still the QB4 overall right now because he's getting two touchdowns a game. He ran one in last week. Chase, what do you think make this Jordan Love thing? I had him on my stash for the waiver wire ranking, so you loving him fantasy-wise? What do we got? Uh, I have, I am at 15. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you a little bit ahead of UCR. Not, not much, but yeah, I have him on the quarterback two and, and streamer radar right now. Um, listen, I, you know, like you said, he's got a young receiver core right now. I don't necessarily know that they're always on the same page with each other and, and him throwing the ball kind of all over the place that he's, he's had opportunities. He's had instances where he's looked a little amped, a little nerved. Um, he's had some weird things happening in the backfield where like all of a sudden he'll just, yeah, he'll be like stumbling around and just try and launch one kind of sidearm off to the side. He's trying to make things happen. I think he's maybe trying to make things happen a little too much right now. Uh, he's been efficient. He's been efficient with the throws in terms of the fantasy scoring, but in terms of, yeah, in terms of his, his accuracy, it just hasn't quite been there and it has to improve for him to continue to be, to continue being at this level in fantasy. He won't, he won't stay this high in fantasy rankings if he can't continue to hit the ball. Now I think that Christian Watson coming back helps him. Um, I don't necessarily know that it helps him in his, in his accuracy though. It might help him score more. And Hey, if he keeps scoring and he keeps being usable, we'll keep running him out there. 
but the, uh, the accuracy has to improve. Now he's not going to have his left tackle again tomorrow night. We've already seen that he's Bakhtari's already been ruled out. He's been missing Elton Jenkins. It's been rough on that left side of the line, but actually overall the line still has performed pretty well. They're still ranked right at the top of the, of the league. If you look at the PFF rankings, um, he just, he really doesn't have any excuse to not come out and start to show some growth in terms of his, his accuracy. It's time. Yeah, it's a little bit of a chicken egg thing, right? Because he hasn't had all of his weapons at the same time, but it has also has not really looked great. Uh, we got our first question coming in here from Adrian. Start three. Adam, I'm going to give this one to you. Bijan Robinson, Raheem Moser, Alvin Kamara, Devon H. Hahn. We're going to get to that in a second. <laughs> Tutu Atwell. Which which one will you go with? I'm going Moser, Kamara, and uh, I think I want to go Tutu. The Tutu averages have been really good so far. Uh, Mostert's been pretty comfortable, and I, I mean, something's got to give in this Saints backfield. Uh, Brian R- Robinson has been strange to me, uh, and HN, HN, whatever. Um, I want to see him outside of that game, uh, get double digits touches again. I think on a per touch basis, he's the type of guy I think can be pretty cool for fantasy, but uh, him actually getting those touches is kind of what I'm concerned. I mean, we saw him be. Uh, inactive week one uh, we saw him be uh, one carry week two uh, and then they get up and then he gets 20 carries 18 carries Um, so I I, again per touch I think he's a great fit for this offense but I don't know how many touches are coming to him yeah no I I tend to agree with that setup Uh, Chris here's a question for you from Richard one of our longtime guests or uh, whatever you want to say customers whatever how you want to call it Uh, standard league Need a running back, Mostert, James Conner, Alma Kamara, or Jerome Ford. My other starting running back is Eckler, if healthy. I, I got to tell you, Richard, as excited as people are, uh, and we'll find out tomorrow when I have Brian Scott on from the Angeles podcast at 930 here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you tune in for that. Uh, but I, I'm not getting the vibe that Eckler's going to wind up playing this week. Well, I might have to wait one more week on that one. So, Chris, throw out Eckler for a second. If you're going to start one of these running backs, who's it going to be? It's a tough choice. I think I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert. <clears throat> I know Buffalo's defense has been impressive, but I don't think they've seen his offense. I think what you have to do to stop the Dolphins is kind of allow them to run the ball. Um, Mostert's been one of the more effective running backs in there. I know everybody's explained about H. Han, um, but Mostert is the bell cow in that back. He was still the guy who, until that game was well out of hand. So I would probably go with Mostert. Um, Ford's not a bad play either, especially the Ravens' running defense isn't what it has been in the past. Yeah, I, I tend to. I'm way higher in four. We'll get to that. I'm way higher in four than the ECR is. Uh, Adrian, at what point do you drop Najee? Uh, well, that probably never, but if you have a loaded, stacked roster, maybe you're playing in a thinner league, uh, this is the week. If he doesn't perform this week against Houston, then then you can think about it. But otherwise, I, I probably wouldn't be in that situation where I would do it. Let's let, let's talk about the Achan thing for a, a minute here. Because uh, look, these I'm tired of these players who, after years of pronouncing their name a particular way, try to say, oh, well, my name is pronounced this way actually and it's not even close to how it's spelled send these guys to a pronunciation school and like you want it to sound this way then respell it if you want it to be h on get rid of the e because the e's there it's a chain dude i don't care he's too bad on, on too top bad. of on top of that dude this has been your name this not this didn't come out last week you're not you're not robbie no, chosen anderson and M broadcast ever yeah <laughs> hey, at, at least he's a rookie Tarod was a 
out of five, five, five seconds. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, I'm going to call him A-Chain for another week because there's a part of me that thinks he's just trolling us. So in the off chance that he's just trolling us, he's, he's A-Chain for at least one more week in my book. All right. We can get back to this Packer-Lions uh, game here. Uh, Aaron Jones, if he plays, you're obviously playing him in your lineup. We don't have to go through that. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see if he's going to be good to go. Jameer Gibbs. I actually do have him as a top 10 play this week. I do like him against the Packers. They have 21st and the most points allowed to the running back situation. But I am a little curious here as far as the usage that we saw last week. Adam, help me out with this one. Because Craig Reynolds, he played in most of the third down longs. He played in all the two-minute drills. And I'm starting to think, well, not that I'm starting to, I kind of thought this the whole time, that they just don't trust Jameer Gibbs when it comes to pass protection. And this is eating away at what the ceiling was supposed to be, at what you drafted him to be so where are you at on him this week and moving forward because we know david montgomery is going to come back at some point yeah uh definitely i think he's still very playable this week we saw effectively flip-flopped of what i thought last week we were going to see on this situation i thought uh reynolds would be kind of taking a few carries um you know on the inside those hits that you don't want to see uh gibbs taking uh quite yet and instead we see gibbs get 17 or so carries uh, and really maybe lose receiving work or at least not gain any. Um, so I think he's still playable while Montgomery is out, but it definitely becomes concerning, um, you know, afterwards. He could develop into pass blocking. I, I, it really just seems like in the college ranks right now, running backs aren't learning how to do it very well unless you're in a, a pro offense. There's niche cases, right? That's the only reason Kyron, in my opinion, got over acres was pass blocking. So I guess there's some schemes where you're still learning it. But um, yeah, as far as Gibbs goes, I I guess you just kind of have to wait for that skill to develop. Um, But I I think you were always anticipating some Montgomery being the the 60 and the 60-40 here. And you were just hoping that Gibbs was going to be kind of crazy on a per-touch basis. I think that was always should have been the assumption. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. We talked about this the whole time. You're getting too hyped on a guy who is going to be the second running back ultimately in playing time. So couldn't 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 agree more. Hey, Chris, you want to help me out with this uh, question here? He just traded uh, Pickens, Zach Moss, Tank Dell for Ridley and Devonta Smith. Did he fleece him? He definitely yes. wanted to trade. I mean, I, I was reading this as as Adam was doing that eloquent breakdown, and yes, absolutely. What do you you fleece the hell out of that dude? Uh, Kevin, uh, be careful about taking victory laps after one crazy ass game. Just gonna, just gonna put that out there real fast. Uh, okay, let's. let's AD, no, I, we should ask, but for Kevin, did you start him last week? Yes, no, nobody did. So, so that's the key. <laughs> so well, and nobody, unless you are in a dynasty where you're actively right. attempting to lose. And you're like, crap, he just fed you through. Yeah, they're right. like, they're back they're back here. They're really the just lost to me, Caleb Williams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, H-Con. man. This is so, yeah, H-Con. 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 No, H-Con. H-Con. H-Con for one more week. He's H-Chain for one more week. Sean I love it. We have to talk about A.J. Dillon here because I'm done with him. I don't care, man. Yeah, we we do unfortunately because because he he's plugged into everybody else's top twenty four. Whenever Aaron Jones is out, I'm done with him. You, you literally, even if Aaron Jones is not playing, I don't care about the volume AJ Dillon's looking down the barrel at two point seven yards per carry. He's been the RB forty eight the last two weeks. He's been the starter for Aaron Jones, and it hasn't been a great grant against great defenses here. Uh, I'm out on AJ Dillon. I'd like 
I don't, I can't even consider him a handcuff because he's proving to you that he can't even get the job done when he gives the opportunity. Uh, here, Chris, I'll give the Chris. I don't want to depress the Packer fan any any further. What, what do you got <laughs> on AJ Dillon? <laughs> well, no, I'm curious what the Packer fan has to say. Look, I think there's some expectations that AJ Dillon not necessarily producing it the way that he can. Also, think game flow had a lot to do with that last week. I mean, look at the game and matchup. Talking about you know, top tier defenses, the Saints are pretty good versus the run. They've been pretty good against the run all season long. AJ Dillon needs holes, and um, the Packer fan alluded to with that left side that is non-existent right now in Green Bay. I don't know PFF always ranks necessarily, but I don't see holes necessarily for AJ Dillon to be running through. He's not a guy that can make people miss. He needs to get north and south. We watched a Travis. I'm sorry, we watched Derrick Henry run for 20 yards last week, 11 carries. It's very simple for guys who are bigger backs not to be able to make people dance when they don't have holes like DeAndre Swift has run through. It's kind of harder. So I think AJ Dillon isn't necessarily somebody you have to get rid of. Isn't a guy you're feeling comfortable or excited about playing this weekend necessarily. But as a guy that as the weather changes, you might appreciate Dylan a little bit more down the season than you do right now. Yeah. Uh, um, he I, did run hard. Last, I mean, if you watch him, he's still running hard. He's still banging into guys. Oh, yeah. He's he running real hard in the back yeah, of that line. It, but, <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, he doesn't have a ton of great holes right now. And it just, yeah, he doesn't seem he's got, he doesn't seem to be making as many moves as maybe we saw him his first several years in the league, I think we all were kind of shocked at how mobile he was and how he wasn't just necessarily a straight ahead battering ram. I think when they, when they drafted him, a lot of people figured he was the thunder and Jones was the lightning. And it was the, the cliche that we always try to make up when there's two running backs in a backfield. And, uh, and this year he just, he doesn't seem like he's moving like that. Or maybe, I don't know if he's not seeing things as well, or if it's just not there for him to see, or if something else is going on, but yeah, he's, well, he's definitely, he's, I don't want him anywhere near my roster, let alone my starting. I mean, I don't want him near my, yeah, my roster, let alone my starting line. What are you going to say, Chris? No, I, I don't want to necessarily you know, defend AJ Dillon because it could be that he just is playing really poorly, but I will say the one of the things I've been hearing is he's been working on his technique a lot about trying to keep his toes and running over his toes and doing certain things balance wise. And for making sure that he's kind of going north and south consistently. So what I think what I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt is that he's thinking, overthinking right now and not just kind of reacting. Yeah. And I think that's what you're kind of alluding to, Chase. When running it back to me, and I'm, you know, this is a Justin Fields situation per se, but this is a situation where I think guys overthinking, trying to adjust his style of running versus just kind of letting it flow. And I think that's where you're seeing that he's, he's, he's focusing on just making sure he gets to certain spots, making sure he's trying to keep yeah. his balance well. And, and, dude, you made it to this level by just freaking playing. Just go play. Yeah, well, I agree. Uh, let's get to the one last question, and we got to wrap up this game so we can keep moving on. Kyle, uh, Kyle Miller, shout out to you, Terry McLaurin, and Kyron Williams for Waddle. Adam, would you do that deal? Uh, if I'm getting Waddle, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, I'll take Waddle side. That is the correct answer. Uh, okay, so let's, Michael uh, Kerninski, I see your question. We'll get to it after into the next game. So just hang tight. Uh, yeah, so let's get to uh, the rest of this team here. David Montgomery, I-, I would be shocked if he plays this week, being it's a Thursday. I think they give him off one more and get him back after that. So just keep your eyes on that. Amon Ross St. Brown, of course, he's a wide receiver one. I will say this, his player prop, 73 and a half receiving yards. While he's been over that two of the last three games, the Packers have allowed the fifth fewest 
uh, yards to the wide receiver. And I have the under on Jared Goff. So I am going to also take the under on Amon Ross St. Brown at 73 and a half yards. Uh, Christian Watson. We don't have time. Sorry. Christian Watson is going to be ranked as my. So this we do have to talk about. If Watson's out there playing, do you put him in your lineup? I have a wide receiver 36. I don't know how much he's really going to play. And Detroit's not really a great matchup right now. They've actually been playing really well against wide receivers. Six fewest yards against the wide receivers as of this moment. But he only takes one play with Christian Watson, right? And if you had him on your roster, you're begging to use him. Do you take that shot at him? Uh, this week, I wouldn't hate, you know, boosting him or something like that. Oh, I 50% boosts on all of these books are crazy every week for a touchdown. Um I wouldn't hate putting him in daily fantasy or if I'm in a, a league that has multi, like a bunch more starting spots than normal, say three wide receivers and three flexes, I'm probably playing him. Otherwise, I'm erring towards not, um, but I, I think there's probably team builds where I could see myself flexing him. Uh, I do. I feel like he fits pretty well with this, right? We've got the quarterback with the, the crazy high touchdown rate and – 31% uncatchable passes, but crazy high touchdown rate. And then we've got the receiver who does nothing but catch touchdowns. So I feel like there's going to be something here, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I will say this. Uh, go ahead, Chase, real quick. No, if you watched the, the Lions and the Falcons last week, everything the Falcons were trying was up the middle, up the middle, up. They were trying, they were attacking the middle of the field with their pass, with their pass attack. And Watson and Dobbs are quintessential. They're outside guys. I think this is a game where Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave can work over the middle and can get a ton of work there. I think that this is a perfect week to try Jaden Reed in your DFS lineups because I, if you watch that game, I think that this team, the Detroit team, can be had over the middle of the field. That's not necessarily where Watson and Dobbs do the best work. So, um, But I would, if you've got Watson, you drafted him for this, put him in. Okay, I like that. He's healthy. I'm also taking uh, Romeo Dobbs on over on the 38 and a half passing yards. He's getting healthier. He played 86% of the routes last week. He's getting more and more playing time. So I like him out there, especially if Watson is not able to go. Uh, Josh Reynolds, he did dud out on me last week. I don't like playing him on the road anyway, so I'm going to have him on my bench. But somebody I'm still going to keep my eye on when they're in Detroit, as long as Jameson Williams is still suspended. Uh, Jaden Reed, I'm not playing him fantasy-wise. Uh, the prop, if you want to take Chase's advice, that might not be bad. It's only 35 and a half yards again i wouldn't only touch that if watson's not playing uh myself uh let's let's talk about sam laporta though chris help me out here with sam laporta so he's my tight end a ecr has him at six whatever mid-level tight end one he looked like the second pass catcher last week and that was a big reason why he finally went off oh by the way 39 and a half receiving yards his i am taking the over on over two of the last three and uh, Detroit, I'm sorry, Packers are about middle of the pack as far as tight end yards are concerned. So I am going over on that. Uh, but what do you have with Laporta? Do you think this is going to hold up? He's going to be top 10 tight end the rest of the year? Well, no, I don't think he's going to be top 10 necessarily. Well, I mean, let's be honest. What's the top 10 tight end right now? I, I, I got I to catch myself. Hold on, wait a minute. If you have like five points, you could be in the top 10. Um, so yes, there's a chance that he could be. I think what you're also getting a benefit from right now is what kind of you guys were talking about before with the, the running attack. 
Um, when Gibbs is being asked to be the Montgomery quote-unquote role, I think you just see guys playing roles in Detroit in a sense. Gibbs took on the Montgomery role. Montgomery was playing some third downs that first game. People were like, oh, my God, what happened? Well, now you understand Gibbs was kind of mixing it with, with Reynolds, different guys. But my point is, is he wasn't as involved in the passing attack and as a weapon. And I think that's what his his point is. And he's supposed to be the second you know receiver in that offense until they get James Williams back. I think that what you have right now is without Montgomery, you have Laporta as de facto de facto that guy. So I think he's eating right now. I think he can continue to possibly eat, but I'd be more worried as you get closer to Jamison Williams' return and you start seeing you know the, the Montgomery come back and kind of everybody starting to eat out of their own roles again. Okay, uh, Luke Musgrave, by the way. I am taking the over on that 39 and a half receiving yards in his own right. He's been over two of the last three and Detroit has given up the most receiving yards to the tight end so far this season. So that wraps up our Thursday night game. Let's head into our next match. We got a London game this week, fellas. We got Jacksonville and, of course, of course, Jacksonville at London, but taking on the Atlanta Falcons in this one. As far as injuries go, Zay Jones not looking good with the knee issue he has. I'll talk to Brian Scott tomorrow more about that, what his outlook is looking like. Jacksonville favored minus three in this game with an over-under, pretty low over-under at 43. Makes sense. Atlanta likes to muck up the game. Jacksonville has not been scoring all that well. Uh, while we talk about Trevor Lawrence there, Chase, uh, I still have him in the top 10 quarterback, but he's been QB 20 so far. I don't really put this on him, though. The play calling from Doug Peterson, it's been horrendous. It's been out of sync and out of rhythm. I have Carson, not. It's Russ Taylor actually calling the play. So go ahead. I'm whoever, sorry, that's, part, that's a big part of the problem. Yeah, whoever. It sucks. And there's no play is setting up the next play. Yeah. And that's that's and that's the biggest issue that I see right now when I'm looking at this Jacksonville team. Trevor Lawrence looks fine. He just looks like he's not getting any help. And the receivers look like they're not getting any help. So, Chase, talk to me about Trevor Lawrence. Are you panicking on him at all for this season? No, not at all. And if anybody else is out there and you need help at your quarterback position, if you lost Rodgers right off the bat four minutes into week one or whatever else, uh, you might have an opportunity here to try and buy low on him. Uh, I agree with you. I'm not impressed with Press Taylor and, and the play calling that's happening down there. Uh, they, they, need to start, they need to start establishing some kind of rhythm. I don't care how they do that. I don't care if they – Treat Trevor Lawrence like it's his first year in a league again or like you did at the early point of last year and just try some short throws. Try something. I just talked about how last week both teams actually were trying to attack over the middle. It wasn't just Atlanta trying to attack Detroit over the middle. It was Detroit trying to attack Atlanta the same way. Start getting that ball out there to Christian Kirk, who has looked good. Get the ball out there to Evan Ingram. Get the man in some rhythm, like you said. Uh, you know, Lead. Lead the plays. Have, a, have an actual game plan, except in other than just like, well, I guess this is something we run and toss Let it. Let him run. It, oh, yeah, that too. Let him run. So, yeah, no, I'm not panicking on him. I'm like you. I have him in the top 10 again this week as well, uh, same way. Uh, it's not pretty so far, but like I said, hey, if someone else in your league is panicking and you need, you're kind of stuck at the bottom end of the quarterback pool here, you might have an opportunity to buy low, if some, especially if, if for whatever reason Sunday morning doesn't go as great as we're all hoping it does. Yeah, sure. Uh, Michael's been hanging out and waiting for a while, so Adam, let's help him out with his question. He's in a three-flex league, and he's trying to decide who to start. I'm guessing these are for his three flexes. Uh, he's got Derrick Henry, Zach Moss, Jerry Judy, Brian Robinson, Romeo Dobbs, James Conner. We're in a world where he actually had to ask this question with Derrick Henry. Uh, but yeah, who, who'd you start? 
Uh, I'm going to keep it with Henry. I like the matchup against Cincinnati. Their edge rush is really good, but that interior is exploitable. And I think the game script's probably a, a one that, you know, should be a pretty back and forth as far as running goes. Uh, I'm keeping Zach Moss in. I mean, he's getting the volume. What else can you do? That's kind of the state of the running back position right now. And the Colts offensive line is playing really well. Uh, finally, and I'm as shocked to say it as you are going to be to hear it. I think it's James Conner, to be honest with you. Uh, I, he's performing. It is what it is. This offense, I've been kind of impressed with how it's been called. Um, young OC. Um and yeah, again, I, I've been impressed with it. I think that was an impressive win against Dallas and James Conner has been a, a bright spot for them this whole season. So he's a guy who I'm more concerned about his long-term health than his week to week ability right now. Yeah. You know what? I, I can't, can't argue with anything you just said. Uh, let's get back to this game then. So we got B. John Robinson. Of course, you're playing him, starting him. He's still a top five and Travis Etienne, the only silver lining right now going over the Jacksonville offense is that he's been getting a bell cow workload so you can keep playing him as a top level RB1. Tyler Algier I have him as an RB3 still at 32 this week because it kind of gets ugly after like RB30 going into this week right now but he's played less and less since week one. He's clearly touchdown dependent. He only had 20 snaps last week which led to seven carries and three targets. Pretty soon Tyler Algier is going to be in handcuff and handcuff only territory for me. I don't know Chris are, are you are, is Tyler Algier falling out of flex play for you or no? Well, until I see his offensive line show some improvement and also some of the play calling showing some improvement, it has to be. Well, that ain't I, mean, I think what you saw last week is, yes, the game flow didn't, definitely didn't favor Tyler Algier, but you watch this offensive line to get their asses kicked. So offensive line is supposed to be good. We talked about PFF's rankings before coming into the season. They were number three. It was the offensive line supposed to – has a lot of money invested in it. It's a veteran line. has been playing together for a while, but they just simply had got out physical – and if that's going to be the issue, then you tell Al is not one of the bigger backs. He's not going to make you miss in the backfield. He's going to have to get north and south. So I think he's a guy, though, that Atlanta offense kind of gets back on track and it isn't as putrid as it was last week. Will be a flex option again moving forward. Just not this week yet. You can't be that confident because both these offenses are going to could make it really ugly in, in, in uh, England this week. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Chase, I, I would love to have Eric's uh, dilemma here, but who would you go with, Kamara <laughs> right. or Tyron Williams? Yeah, the who the flex. hell are you putting in your first two slots if this is who you're choosing at at flex? Well, Derek um, Henry's a flex option, so geez. Well, that's, that's valid, Chris. That's actually valid. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, <laughs> well, based on my rankings, I've got I've got Kyron up there. I don't – I mean, it's, it's a weird question. seems like a weird question, but – we don't necessarily know yet, you know, how, how, I mean, I expect Kamara to come out. I expect him to be the lead back. What the split is between him and doesn't Kyron. matter. Chase. Sorry. We don't necessarily know, but I've got Kyron ranked at 13. I've got Alvin ranked at 19. So spe- speaking, you know, solely based on rankings, I'm I'll go Kyron on that. Did you see the offensive line with the Saints? That's, I mean, to me, this, this is, that's a no brainer. As in Kamara, as in Kyron. Well, look, I know I'm excited for Kamara too to be back, and it's exciting to actually have running backs. Dan talked about the top 30. I mean, Dan, Dan if not the top 10 <laughs> right, running backs, right. disgusting right now. So Alvin Kamara is like everybody's like, woohoo, Alvin Kamara. Remember what he's going to do? But remember what he did last year? I think he'll be way better at, at some point. But this offensive line is bad. I mean, like bad, bad. So yeah, James Winston having his first game and God knows how long. I know Alvin Kamara is supposed to come out and save people's rosters. I'd be a little nervous about sticking him in there right off the bat. While Kyron Williams is not impressive at all, 
you know he's the only guy that's going to touch the ball. For the you make a good point, though, that Jameis Winston was not necessarily great for Alvin Kamara's fantasy value when he played in the past. When no. Jameis Winston has been the starter, Alvin Kamara's fantasy value has actually taken a hit from that. So you're, yeah. you make a decent point there, too, as well. Yep, we'll have to see. Uh, but I, I agree with you, Chase. I do have Kyron ranked ahead of Kamara this week. Uh, I have to kick this back to Chris. So, Chris, I think I might have let you uh, victory lap a little too early on Calvin. <laughs> <Kyron. laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. Since week one, Kirk's run more routes. He's had more targets. Ridley's only had 18% target share the last two weeks. That's like low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three territory. About where I had him ranked coming into the season. Now I'm just, I'm, I'm just having a little. Fun with you but I, we spoke about this a little bit with the trevor lawrence of it all and it just it's just, just more of the same press taylor's got to go for this offense to turn around for everybody well i mean, also want to point out ridley dropped two touchdowns last week too i mean he had two Fair. catches in the end zone there should have been touchdowns he had a pass interference so there was definitely yards he left and that was on him i can't take that away from Cobb ridley he had some boneheaded mistakes but i don't disagree i think what you saw is the offense kind of trying to get everybody involved which is understandable Christian Kirk was basically forgotten about that week one when Calvin Ridley had his good game. So that's what you saw kind of, you know, fix itself. Christian Kirk's still making $20 million. He's going to be involved in some kind of capacity. I think Zay Jones being injured actually might be a blessing in disguise. I think you're seeing these situations where sometimes some of these play callers, particularly when they're not that nuanced at it, when they're trying to get everybody involved. They struggle more so when they have less weapons. They do better because they know who to get the ball to. They know what to kind of focus their offense on. I think right now Jacksonville is trying to figure out, like, oh, we need to get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, unless you're getting no continuity and no rhythm. And I think that's the problem. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree, but I, I had to bust your chops a little bit about that. No, um, uh, Christian Kirk. Uh, def- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, what's he even going to say now? Uh, Christian Kirk, wide receiver, high and wide, uh, low and wide receiver, two high and wide receiver, three can put him in that category. I'm still keeping Drake London on the bench if you can help it. Maybe a mid level wide receiver, four. And Evan Ingram's going to be in my lineup. I just want to mention Kyle Pitts briefly. We've kind of bashed him quite a bit. I, all I want to say here is that now, on top of everything else, while he had his highest target game of the year, He's now splitting time with Janu Smith down the middle, not just in snaps, which were almost 50-50, but now in targets too. Janu Smith coming out with eight targets in this game. Just another reason why I just don't trust this guy, why he will not be in my top 12 until either the quarterback or the play calling changes. Uh, So with that, let's go ahead and get into our next.